Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a great episode for you today with a wonderful guest. Professional equestrian photographer, Caitlin Carson, joins the show. Caitlin is a gifted and talented photographer who specializes in events with horses, especially the equestrian. Caitlin has a terrifically creative mind, which is a tremendous asset for any photographer, and her love for horses has also enabled her to thrive in her profession. Being a skilled photographer takes work, especially if your main clients are animals. And on today's episode, Caitlin chats about how she develops the trust with the animals, especially when she's meeting one for the first time. Caitlin also talks about her difference in approach when it comes to a stationary shot or an action shot. And finally, and perhaps my favorite part of the conversation, but Caitlin chats about how she's been influenced by Wes Anderson movies and Kentucky Wildcat basketball. It was wonderful to chat with her, certainly a thrill. She's an exceptional photographer and had a super charismatic personality and just vibed with her right away. I felt like I'd known her for years. Elated for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on equestrian photographer, Caitlin Carson. And let's learn. You grew up around horses. So tell me about your life with horses. Yeah, so I don't really know where or why it started. But for as long as I can remember, I've just kind of been in love with them. Uh, my parents weren't involved with horses. My dad had some growing up, but it was never like an influence on why I got started. But I was just always so attached to them. And all the time growing up, I was always asking my mom if I could start riding lessons or if we could buy a horse or if we could figure out how to buy a farm. And it they were never really understanding of it. And they didn't quite understand where the bug came from. But I just really persisted through it. And Right when I was around 10 years old or so, I finally, you know, one of my neighbors actually had a horse. So they started taking me to the barn with them. Um, one thing kind of turned into another and now I'm here and horses are my entire life still. So it's it's been a it's been quite the journey. Yeah. So what do you remember about those early days? What were the emotions that you felt being around these animals? One memory that like really pops into my mind is like the first time I ever cantered a horse, mm. you know, so that's the, that's the gate closest to like the gallop and everything. And I can just remember that day so clearly. And I mean, it's just like pure bliss almost, you know, and that's really how I felt and how I still feel to this day. Like whenever you're just on them, it's just pure happiness, you know, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. And that first time you canter, you gallop or whatever speed you're going, then the first time you succeed and you didn't fall, it's empowering, right? It's really, it's something because every day I'm kind of thinking like, it's pretty wild that these horses let us do with them what they do. And, you know, it's, it's really a gift that they give us because they don't have to let us be on their backs. They don't have to do what we ask them to do, you know, but I think that they love us just as much as we love them. And it, it really is an incredible experience. And what you get out of them is, you know, pretty much mirrors what you give them. So it, it's a really unique sort of animal and sport and situation. Well, I love your point there about the relationship that goes on, that they don't have to let us on, and there is a love back and forth. It's a special spiritual relationship that I don't think exists with other human-to-animal relationships. Will you talk more about this special, extremely special relationship that humans and horses have? That's such a tough question. 
question to really answer. There's just so many factors that go into it, but I can kind of try to hit on like my relationship with the mare that I own. Um, she's such a unique animal. Like she has such a personality and it's incredible. And every horse I've ever met has a different personality. Um, and she is this horse that is just like really bonded to me. And she's definitely like a one person horse is what we call them. Mm. So she has like one person that's like her favorite person. Yeah. And I'm fortunate that it's me. Um, but I mean, I swear she would do anything for me. Like that horse, whatever situation we're in, you know, when we're competing or we're jumping, or even if we're just trail riding and there's something that's kind of spooky to her, her instinct to not only protect herself, but also protect me. It's, it's really just something it's very humbling in, in my opinion um i think that's the best way to put it is just like every day when i get to be around them one i'm grateful because it's not something that everybody gets to be a part of it, it is expensive to have horses it's not something that everybody can do um so i'm very thankful for that experience and i think the attitude that i have about it then kind of feeds like the happiness that my horses have do you know what i mean yeah yeah so you know and i said it earlier it's like you really get from them what you give them so if you respect these animals and you love and you take care of these animals they will always give you that in return and it's just it's so special it really is you mentioned your mare being a one human horse and i think that's the case for a lot of horses so in your profession while working with other horses you're going to encounter a lot of these animals who might be a little hesitant of you being around them for the first time. So what do you do to develop trust with a new animal? I just take everything slow. Hmm. Um, you know, and with some of the work that I'm doing, I actually work with studio lights and backdrops and stuff that's a little bit unnatural to these horses. So, you know, sometimes the, the owners themselves can get a little nervous. You know, they put a lot of pressure on themselves, on their horse, on me. They want these really good photos. And I try to approach the situation and I try to just keep my energy like just so calm and nothing's a big deal. And I just take my time. I let the horse get to know me, my camera, the gear that I'm using. I let it smell things and just check things out. And I find that if you do that, instead of rushing into things or, you know, putting too much pressure on the horse to perform a certain way or give you a certain shot, then they're more likely to trust you and to work with you. And it, you know, like you kind of come back to the spiritual thing. It's almost like you can like think what you want the horse to do or how to pose. And if you guys have that understanding of what's going on, like, you know, the photo shoot and the, the work that we do just flows really well. So it's just about gaining that trust, even if it's on a really small sort of quick timeline. I think that's a great philosophy to have, not just working with horses, but also in life. We talk more about the advantages and the disadvantages that it comes to working with your primary clients are animals. So I'm sure there's certain things as a photographer that it's much more challenging. You know, I think I'll actually have a pretty interesting answer for this. I love working with horses and with animals. And, you know, I get requests sometimes like, do you shoot weddings? Do you shoot families? Do you do this? And I'm like, if there isn't an animal involved, I don't want to do it. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert and I just have a different connection with the animals than I do with the people. So I, you know, it sounds bad, but the people are actually the worst part of my job. <laughs> I love the animals. Fantastic. Well, I want to back up and talk more about your entry into photography because you grow up, you have this love and this 
admiration for horses and now you're in a career allowing you to be around these horses so how did photography first come about especially equine photography so the first time i ever actually picked up a camera i was going on vacation with one of my older horsey friends to this really big horse show she was taking me to and i asked my dad if i could take his camera with me so i took my camera on that weekend trip to a horse show and geez i had been 13 or four, I was very young. Um, and I just, I took hundreds of pictures that weekend. And I never at that time thought, wow, this is what I'm going to do someday. This is so cool. But I can remember thinking like, wow, I got that photo. Like I, I took that, like, this is such a good picture. And you know, it gives you a little bit of a rush. So that was the first experience I had. And, you know, then as I was growing up, my parents were kind of pushing me, you know, go to college, do this, do that. And I kind of went the normal route. I did go to a university um, and I was actually a business major at first. And part of the curriculum, we had to take an art class and I ended up taking a Photoshop class. Mm. And the professor that I had, it's one of those stories where the professor just changed my life. I started working with him a little bit on the side and I started taking some horse pictures and making a little bit more complex editing. And then one day he told me like, you know, you can be charging for this, right? Like you have a future in this, like this is really good work. And it just kind of like flipped a switch in my brain. I'm like, maybe I can do this. And I was always wanting a career with horses and it can be so demanding and challenging to claw your way through the sport. And I'm like, it kind of gave me this opportunity to work in a very unique way with the horses and kind of combine the best of both worlds. So, you know, one thing again led to another and I have a, a big drive. So I was able to push it and really end up where I am now. And it's, it's been a, it's been a wonderful journey. That's a brilliant story, especially with the professor. What were those early days like when you're trying to establish yourself as a career? And I'm sure a lot of it was just being being there, getting your face known, getting your work known out in there. So how did you spread your business? Was it the word of mouth? And what were some of those early days like? That's the thing. Like it's, you know, when you want to do something and you have goals, and you have dreams. The first step is you just got to show up. Yeah. You just got, you know, you have to do the work you have to come up with a plan with an idea of like where do you see yourself in five years where do you want to take this and i decided what i wanted to do and then i just kind of put my head down i was doing a lot of work just building my portfolio free work sort of thing um and i almost became obsessed with making my work good yeah. i didn't want to be charging people i didn't want to be putting bad photos out there um and then one day I got this very influential client and she wanted a very unique photo shoot. She was going through a weird time in her life and we did this really fun shoot that I could never have dreamed up on my own. And I didn't really have a price set for how I should do it or, you know, it was a very unique situation. And she ended up writing me a check for like the biggest check I'd ever seen in my life. And at the time, you know, looking back now, I, I've, I've done way bigger work than that, but just knowing that somebody valued my photography that much at that time was another just like vote of confidence. If you can do this, people do want this from you. Um, and so that really opened the door, like her having her work, my work in her house and promoting me a little bit. One thing kind of turns into another and word of mouth has been very important to my business. 
Very cool. And I'm sure it's a very affirming moment for you and helps with the confidence. You talk about your portfolio that you had. How do you stand out and where do you find creativity for your shots? That's a really awesome question because I think I approach this a little bit differently than other equine photographers. And there are several of them. So you do have to constantly be trying to stay ahead of the game a little bit. Um, so one thing is I actually don't follow many equine photographers. Okay. I try to find inspiration from other places and that's usually like, you know, for example, like the college that I went to, uh, University of Kentucky, mm. they have a really cool photographer that does all of their like UK basketball photography. So I like look at sports photography. I look at sports video, different movies that I like, like Wes Anderson movies wow, and artsy okay. movies like that. Um, photos of like rock stars and album covers and just different kinds of photography. I, I see what they're doing that's very unique. And I think, how can I bring this into the horses or what kind of version of this can I do with horses? And I try to push myself that way to see things just a little bit differently than other people in my industry do. What a fantastic and fun answer. I'm so glad that I asked that because I didn't expect this as an answer. I didn't expect Kentucky basketball and Wes Anderson to be in the same, the same answer. So I, I'm going to go off topic here, but what was it like attending a university where basketball is so important, like Kentucky? I mean, it's amazing. I absolutely loved my time at the University of Kentucky. Um, you know, go Cats. I will bleed blue for the rest of my life. Uh, it was just fun. It was just a great experience. And, you know, then the University of Kentucky is also in the heart of horse country yeah, as well. Yeah. So I was able to go there, have a great time in school, learn a ton, and also just be surrounded by all of my favorite things. So it was a 10 out of 10 experience. Oh, that's lovely. How about favorite Wes Anderson movie? Oh my gosh. Probably Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, that's mine too. That's mine too. That's <laughs> just the set that they had, just incredibly gorgeous and unique. Exactly. And so it's that sort of vibe that I try to you know bring into my photos sometimes. Uh, there might be fewer vibes that are better than that. How about technology? How about technology? Because in a lot of ways, technology has leveled the playing field when it comes to photography, right? An amateur can now have equipment that 20 years ago, he would have been at the top of his game or he or she. How do you use technology and embrace it? What are the ways that you do use in your daily photos? I mean, as a photographer, I mean, we kind of revolve around technology, you know, our computers, our cameras, our studio gear, all the lighting, all the hard drives, everything we do. It's just everything's technology but i actually get a little bit annoyed on this topic sometimes yeah, yeah. because you know you can post this amazing photo that you put so much thought and creativity into and the first question somebody's going to ask you is what gear did you use for these yeah and you know there's just so much more to it than the gear that you have i i genuinely believe even if i had gear that you know wasn't quote unquote as nice that i could take the same photo. I think there's so much more to it than just what you're shooting with, you know, that, that makes a good photo. Um, and I think that gets overlooked by like aspiring photographers that are trying to start out. They think if, you know, if they buy the most expensive lens and the best camera that they're automatically going to have good photos. And there's just so much more to it than that. Definitely. It seems like a blessing and a curse. That does make me wonder though, when people are asking you things, how much of that do you not want to share? How much of it is this like, you know what, I, I respect that you're asking me the question, but I can't tell everybody all my tips and tricks. How do you balance that? 
So I tried to just be really nice about this actually, because when I first started out, there was an equine photographer that I was really looking up to at the time. And I remember when I had started, I sent her a few emails asking for help, asking, you know, the stereotypical, what gear do you use question? How do you, how do you do this? How do you do that? Where does this come from? You know, I was just very eager to learn. And when you're very eager to learn and starting out, sometimes you might overlook this question might offend that person. You know, you don't yeah. know what questions offend people in a new industry and all that. And she actually, you know, she ignored me. And I remember thinking, you know, that kind of sucks a little bit. Like I'm just very eager and I wanted to hit the ground running. And, and while maybe I wasn't asking the right questions, I developed this philosophy from that point forward that like any time that I could help somebody coming up behind me, I was going to try to. And that doesn't always mean, you know, somebody might ask, how do you edit this photo? Or, you know, what settings are you using? And my answer will always kind of be like, you know, go practice, go try this settings and, and this light at this angle, and then change your angle, change your settings, just keep changing things until you find something that you like, or that you think you've figured out how you, you want your photos to look like, you know, when you're editing in Photoshop and Lightroom, just play with different things until you think you've matched what I do, or until you come up with your own style. So on those things like that, I try to not give out my secrets, but still be encouraging to help them find their way through the figuring it out process. And that's been a really big component to my business. I don't charge for that. I don't believe in charging like mentoring fees and stuff. I just genuinely want to help people. And I think there's room for all of us. Ah, such a brilliant answer. I respect that so much. I know you love what you do. You're doing something you're passionate about and you're around horses. This is great for you. This is a brilliant career. It couldn't be any better. With all that, which are the assignments or the specific shots that, that really excite you most emotionally, whether it be a location coming up or a specific event? Which are the ones that you're like, okay, that's the date that I'm circling on my calendar? Oh, man. You know, to be <laughs> honest, I think I get equally excited for any sort of horse show that I get to work at. Um, you know, and especially new ones where you're kind of a little excited of like, what's the venue going to look like? What, what are things going to, how can I take photos there? What are my angles going to be like? You know, so we've got a new photo sh place coming up this year. It's, uh, called the Great Lakes Equestrian Festival in Traverse City, Michigan. So that's a new one for me that I'm really excited to go to this year. But I mean, anytime that I get to photograph the top level of sport, I'm just, always so humbled and grateful by the experience. I'm always just amazed by how athletic and incredible the horses are. So I would say just anytime I get to do that, I'm excited. Do you have a white whale event that you would love to shoot? I really just want to get into more of the European shows. Okay. I think there, you know, there's a horse show over there. It's the Aachen horse show. It's in Germany, and that's probably my dream event, but a lot of that stuff has just kind of been put on hold True. until the pandemic kind of gets under control. How does your mentality of how you approach your assignment, how does that change in more of a stationary shoot versus one that is an active shoot or a race or some type of competition? You know, when I do my like studio shoots with the horses where they're just posing and I'm taking their portraits, I go into those with a little bit of a roadmap in my head of like where to start, what poses to start with. Um, 
But I think one thing that sets my photos apart is that I, I try not to be very rigid in okay. my thought process. Um, so while with that type of photo shoot, I might start a certain way, I usually end up kind of letting the horse guide the photo shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of let the horse move about freely and look at different things and react in different ways. And I capture photos of that in the process. And I think that's how I get a lot of personality and creativity out of those types of shoots. But then with like the sport photos, it's again, you try just, you have to see what you've got when you get there. Like where are the fences positioned given the light scenario that we have right now? Um, you know, is it raining? Is it that, what are the weather conditions like? It changes every single day when I show up to the horse show. There's always gonna be a different course of jumps in the ring set up a different way, different heights. There's so many variables and you just kind of have to be able to like fly by the seat of your pants a little bit and be pretty quick thinking about what you want to do. I love your approach. You're not forcing it. You're letting it come to you. I think that's incredibly valuable mindset to have. What have you learned from the last 12 months? What do you think is the biggest life lesson you have learned from these crazy experiences that we've had? Oh my gosh. It's been a crazy year. I've had a really hard year in my personal life as well as business life with COVID. Um, so it's been really challenging, but to be honest, as cliche as it might be, I think the biggest thing I've taken from it is to just not take anything for granted. Um, I, you know, I actually lost my dad last year and went through some struggles with my horses actually. And it just really makes you think about things differently. And I'm one that likes to kind of get lost in my work and work really hard and it was almost a blessing in disguise because COVID kind of made me take a step back from that and almost think about a little bit more of like a work life balance and, you know, making other things just as important as my work and finding a good middle place to be with that, but not taking the work that I do have and the income that I do have for granted because it can disappear. I never thought that that would be a possibility. Um, you know, and then don't take for granted the people that you have in your life because, you know, nothing's a given. What are the events coming up that we can expect from you? What's on, what's on the horizon for you for 2021? So we have so many weeks of horse shows coming oh, that's, up. That's so great. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple weeks coming up here still in South Florida that we're going to do. Then we've got a handful of weeks up in Lexington, Kentucky, which is where we base for the summer. Um, we'll be going to Michigan for about eight weeks. Usually I would go to Canada, but I don't think the border is going to be opening up anytime soon. Um, we'll probably try to get out to the West Coast a little bit. And then I am going to try to get over to Europe a little bit this summer as well, you know, pending regulations and seeing if I can get into the certain countries. A busy calendar, which I'm sure that you appreciate more than ever. What, yes, it, how can people, how can people follow along with your amazing and lovely photos? How can people follow along with your career? We're definitely the most active on Instagram mm -hmm. and we are kind of in the process. I just partnered with my best friend actually. So we just started a new company. Um, we're just kind of growing and making things even better. So currently my Instagram is under my name, Caitlin Carson, but we will be in the process of switching it over to boss mayor media. But that's definitely the best place to follow along with the work that, that we're doing. This was, was a lot of fun. I learned a ton. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. Yeah, well, 
best of luck on everything and uh, I, I'd love to catch up later in the year to see what other projects are going and then we'll get your opinion on John Calipari and all that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for today. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Caitlin. Be sure to follow her on Instagram, Boss Mare Media. And you can also visit bossmaremedia.com. Uh, she has some gorgeous, gorgeous pictures. And the action shots, I just can't get enough of. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>